the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. If I had to start a brand new business today, I would get pipe driving autopilot. And that could probably be applied to any business that has a sales function. So pretty much any service business. My starter tech stack would be those two tools and I would be paying less than $50 a month for them. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Tyson, it's been a fun Monday. I told you I've been inside Westlaw all day actually doing legal research. It's been quite some time since I did that, but I must say I'm having fun sticking it to the government with some of my arguments. Yeah, it uh, sounds horrible to me. Uh, does not sound like it's anything that I would really want to do, but um, just I, I know that you'll be audited pretty soon, so congratulations. How you been? Good, man. Nice and busy. Nice and busy. You want to introduce who we're talking to? Yeah, so we're having a, a repeat guest. He's the host of his own podcast called the Get Automated Podcast. He's a good friend of mine, and he's he spoke at MaxLawCon this year. He was very happy to not have to wear a suit to the Maximum Lawyer Conference. And he's my brother in cargo shorts, the one and only Kelsey Bratcher. What's up? So Tyson and I used to love Infusionsoft and attended the Infusionsoft Conference every year. One year that I attended the conference, um, there was a fellow named Brian Young from Toronto Painters, home, Toronto Home Painters, who won Infusionsoft Marketer of the Year. And uh, I remember that you and Brian, Kelsey, had developed quite a little campaign during the conference for follow-up after Brian was on stage talking about his nomination. And then um, that little funnel led into a sequence that got me onto a webinar with you and um, you and I have been working together on automation stuff ever since. And so I know you were an early employee at Infusionsoft. Um, and then uh, I know that since then you've become quite an expert in all things automated and mostly with integration. I think your Zapier skills are second to none. And so I think the reason we wanted to have you on there was because our buddy Parker Larison had asked, you know, he knew that I had moved off from Infusionsoft. He knew that Tyson had talked about me moving off from Infusionsoft. So we wanted to get you back on to sort of talk about the state of things, what your current mindset is with automation and, and how you go, or if you were a lawyer, how you'd go about thinking 
about automation? Yeah, absolutely. So I think probably the best place to start would be, uh, as far as I'm observing, like there's going to be a, a significant shift in the next, you know, two to three years time period, as far as like the accessibility of stuff in relation to automation, or like automating a small business, uh, in your guys' situation, law firms specifically, uh, and the different components that are that are taking place from the systems and processes side of things, right? Um, it's, I mean, I, I've had this discussion on my own podcast, but the accessibility of this type of technology is, it, it's very inexpensive. It's, they've, it's becoming easier and easier to use. And it's one of those things where if you're not thinking about how you can stop doing certain things that are terrible, especially in a small office or small business, uh, you know, you don't have time to be dicking around with unnecessary stuff. And so the automation can have an impact uh, significantly uh, and through automating processes. I like to talk about uh, sales and marketing. Your sales and marketing process are generally the first things that people look to automate. Uh, historically, a lot of those items have been, uh, I think, uh, promoted, and there's a lot of resources for doing that type of stuff. I mean, that's how Infusionsoft became a, a solution. Um, since I mean, if, we, if I take a step back, I mean, when we met Jim and I was working with Brian from Home Painters Toronto, uh, the, the first thing that we fixed was his busted sales process. You know, he was neglecting leads. Uh, he didn't have a reliable way of generating new business uh, other than going out and doing door knocking, which is terrible. Uh, so we addressed that aspect of his business because, you know, making uh, tools to make it so that he could paint more houses on the back end wasn't going to change his business, you know, fundamentally. And so we, we focused on those aspects. And that's where, I mean, historically, Infusionsoft as a product has been focused on sales and marketing. And it really starts to fall apart when you want to do things like, you know, build a process for fulfilling your services. Other than, like, communication email, it's kind of lackluster. Um, and I think that that's, and I'm not saying that from the perspective that Infusionsoft is a bad product, quote-unquote, but it wasn't built to solve that problem. And so in, I know that in a lot of law firms, uh, you have tools like Practice Panther, uh, Clio are very common for managing, we'll call it the operational aspects of a law firm from you know, managing your matters to the tasks and communications that happen related to those, uh, the billing and those types of things. And so oftentimes, especially in like industries like legal, uh, you have to bolt on multiple pieces of application because uh, if you've ever tried to use uh, Clio to sell something, uh, it doesn't give you the tools, I think, to do it uh, correctly. If you were to compare it to a, uh, another industry where sales is is more prevalent or, or not thought of as a, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it seems to me like in, in, the, in the legal industry, it's not really thought of as a sales job or a, there's not really a sales quote unquote job in there, but there very much is. And it doesn't seem like a lot of the tools are built to support the type of selling that takes place in a, in a law firm. I think most lawyers don't view it, view it as a sales job. I think a lot of our listeners do. Um, but you talked about bolting things on. Can, let's, you talk, we talked to you and I talked about a week ago about you know, having like a pipeline, pipeline set up and all that. Can you talk about some of the tools you might recommend for that specifically when it comes to, to having a pipeline? Because dashboard – 
uh, or not dashboard, Infusionsoft's dashboard doesn't quite give you that. You know, can't move things. And if people think of like a Kanban board, you know, moving from things from one uh, slot to the next, to the next, to the next. Can you talk about some of those tools that you might recommend for for that specifically? And yeah, why? for sure. So, for sure. So in my opinion, there's there's really only, there's there's two tools that I like. Uh, and then I'll talk about Infusionsoft and what the direction that that product is going uh, to accommodate what I hope will be a positive future. But uh, in the meantime, right now, my favorite tools are PipeDrive, which is a pipeline-focused, uh, activity-focused CRM, where most of your your day-to-day operational operations from a sales perspective, but also it has a lot of capabilities beyond that. But because you can build multiple pipelines in your for your business, so you have your intake process from where a new lead comes from, it goes into a pipeline as a new deal, and then you would build out your pipeline to work through, you know, does this person get called three times before we abandon them? And then we have people that have booked their a meeting or to come in for an appointment. Uh, they have a pending agreement that they need to sign, and then they sign and they become a client, we'll say, is the, the overview of the sales pipeline that you could construct in PipeDrive. Well, that is extremely easy to do. Um, I've seen people that struggled with getting classic Infusionsoft off the ground for two to three years and never get anywhere, have struggled with it the entire time, and uh, get up and running and start closing deals in two weeks on PipeDrive. Um, and we're talking about, like, the bottom-of-the-barrel technical person that doesn't have any skills uh, was able to grasp the ideas that are there because it's activity-driven more than it is, like, you know, toggling fields and navigating between different screens and doing this type of stuff. It's very focused for a sales type of function, which I think uh, is appropriate for what we're talking about. And then I'm also, for, for legal, for law, I'm also a fan of legal or lead docket. Uh, I've been using it with Jim, and Eric Kaufman has been extremely flexible. So we've had some out-of-the-ordinary requests, and he's been able to accommodate us to make the product better to be able to help us do some of the stuff that we were trying to get done. And it has been uh, enjoyable for that purpose. Um, with the, I would say the only constraint is that it is for managing lead flow and lead intake and that, that alone. Um, so don't, I wouldn't try to get it to do anything beyond that because it will do that very well, but it won't do like, what, how are you going to fulfill on the service that you just sold, right? So, Kelsey, talk a little bit about that. Talk about how in the old days you and I were working really hard to use Infusionsoft as a, a fulfillment center for the before unit, the during unit, and the after unit. We thought that one thing could sort of fix all those problems and sort of how our thinking has evolved over time where we try to get the best in class for each thing and then connect them with your favorite tools, Zapier. Right. So I, I know originally with Infusionsoft, we had, uh, for a long time, we were managing your business with Infusionsoft and a couple of Infusionsoft-related add-ons, maybe a couple of Zapier tricks here and there. But it, it, where we were really falling short is specifically in relation to accounting and the kinds of stuff that have to happen with... Uh, the IOTA account. Yeah, the, where you have the, the pending money that's not yours yet because you haven't earned it, but you're in like pseudo-possession of it. Uh, the accounting requirements for a law firm are a little bit out of the ordinary. So a product like Infusionsoft doesn't accommodate for those types of things very well. And more importantly, it doesn't have some of the project management types of components that I think 
products like Clio and Practice Panther do better. I know Filevine has been mentioned. And so we, we kind of ran into some problems, especially when you were trying to automate some of your accounting stuff or to make it less of a problem. So, or the trust account, that was it. Um, so we had, we had decided to get into Clio. Well, now that we're in Clio for most of the stuff, we don't need Infusionsoft to do certain things. So what we were able to do is uh, look at what is a better option. I know that you had worked, talked to Eric and the folks over at Lead Docket, um, and we're keen on trying it out because one, it, it, the thing that I like about it is that they've already thought of a lot of the problems that a law firm is going to encounter for doing intake and managing lead flow. And uh, that was appealing to us, and they had some flexibility that makes it so they don't have a direct Zapier integration, but because Zapier is very flexible, we can make it work with tools like Lead Docket. So we were able to transition, you know, information from Lead Docket. You're you're working a lead, putting them in the status that you want to send them a client, or you need to generate a client agreement, and we use that to interact with Zapier, which then we can use Hand a Doc to generate a legal document that they could sign, like either in the office or after the meeting, they had to leave and think about it or whatever that looks like. And then if they do sign it, now that that information is present in Lead Docket, so that when we transition the data into Clio, that it is there. Well, the one problem that we ran into with Clio was that the project manager or the workflow stuff is kind of lackluster in the sense that if you wanted to do some, some robust or complex uh, automations, it really struggles with those things. So we started looking at tools like Process Street that we can bolt onto Clio. So when the matter is created in Clio of a certain type, we can trigger a Process Street process. And so just recently, Jim, you and I have finished a Process Street process that ties in with Google, Google Docs for generating the lawsuit document. Uh, it will then transition that same information to a tool called WebMerge so that we can prepare uh, the 10 summonses that you have to build to do the lawsuit. And we have it move all that information into a Google Drive folder so that realistically all you have to do is just double check and make sure that those documents are correct. And you know you can you know handle all that stuff without having to do it all manually. I think um, we had talked about it last time it saves you like 45 minutes to an hour if I'm not mistaken. Eric clarified for me yesterday and I had forgotten that they do have a native Clio integration. You and I weren't using it at first but we've since shifted over to that uh, native Clio integration for Lead Docket. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I, I won't say that it's better than what we could have built. It's more complete because there's, there's information that's in Clio or that's in Lead Docket that we want to have in, in Clio. And with Zapier, you have more flexibility as far as the way things happen, but you can't get all the data, like all the note history all of the information that you have stored in lead docket gets sent to Clio and stored in the matter, the contact record, the notes, et cetera. Um, and so the lead docket Clio integration is better for that purpose. Even, even though it does require a manual step, the data comes across cleaner and more complete. All right, Kelsey. So Parker Laverson's got a, a couple questions and I'm going to ask them in one question. So, what does PipeDrive do that Lead Docket does not? And then his other question is, please compare PipeDrive to Infusionsoft. So basically, what does PipeDrive do that essentially Lead Docket and Infusionsoft do not do? That's a good question. So uh, I would say that 
it's when you compare a lead docket to a pipe drive, it would be more like comparing. Uh, I want to I say like the comparison isn't necessarily a fair thing because lead docket was built for a specific purpose and to accommodate a specific type of business. And it is only that, right? So it does its one thing very well. The, the benefit of having a tool that's built for a specific purpose is that you're, instead of making the tool adapt to your stuff more, uh, it's better to look at the tool and say, okay, I want to change my business so that I can leverage lead docket to do more stuff or to benefit from some of the features that it has. While like if you wanted to build your own solution, meaning like uh, lead docket's great, but I really need the, the capabilities of uh, building my own pipeline because I don't want to do it exactly like the way lead docket does it. Or uh, maybe you have more than one type of, I don't want to say type of business, but like a, more than one way of selling certain things, I guess would be the one to say it. Or maybe you're selling certain types of products that don't require, they're not legal products or services. They're more like, I know Joey Vitale has uh, courses and things like that. You could have multiple pipelines to deal with the different channels of your business, if that makes sense. So from handling lead flow from one source or from one location, maybe you have a referral-only pipeline. And that referral pipeline uh, has certain components that you want to be able to do that are unique, uh, where lead docket would maybe be able to help you get referrals and have them in there and be able to track who referred and so forth, but you're not going to be able to customize that very heavily. Um, so that's a big difference between, we'll say, Pipedrive and Lead Docket. Now, if you were to compare Pipedrive to Infusionsoft, you have to think of it as the CRM side of Infusionsoft, so the contacts, the opportunities, the notes, your tasks, your calendar, appointment management, um, those aspects. Because the marketing automation side or campaign builder of Infusionsoft is not present in Pipedrive. So you would need something to serve that purpose if you still want those things. Now, with that said, there are still automation, CRM automation-related stuff like tasks, uh, how notes are logged, what happens when you move uh, a deal from one stage to the next, and so forth. You can build that type of automation built into to Pipedrive, but it's very specific to the CRM functionality. Um, so if you want that marketing automation stuff, you need to look at other solutions, and I can get into that more in a minute. But the, so when you're comparing the CRM of Infusionsoft to, to Pipedrive, it's, it's a night and day difference. Like you look at Infusionsoft Classic's interface, and like navigating between you know, your contact record to look at the note history and things like that, it is built on a infrastructure that was, you know, let's say, last updated significantly in 2009. And that's not being harsh. That's the truth. It has had mild updates since then. But for the most part, the way that Infusionsoft is today is what it was 10 years ago. Well, Pipedrive is more modern. It's built on a more modern infrastructure. So the amount of times that you need to refresh your page don't, aren't as much. You can move around without having to have constant refresh, refreshes. It's laid out more simply for like a, a layman to understand and be able to use it effectively. And Infusionsoft just does not have those qualities. Well, I'll say that the Keep product, the new, well, it's a, it's a reskin of Infusionsoft. It does have a lot of these features that Pipedrive has, but it's just not quite there yet for me to speak as highly of it as I would Pipedrive today. 
All right, Kelsey. So one of the things that I enjoy working on with you is that <clears throat> we keep moving up the chain of tasks in automation. In other words, we automate one thing and then we move on to the next step and we move on to the next step and we just keep finding ways to streamline and automate. Talk, talk to us a little bit about your philosophy when it comes to that and maybe what lawyers should be thinking about when they're thinking about how to automate a particular task. That's a good question. I know I will. So I'll just go off of kind of where we were at on Friday when we talked last. So we were, we sat down and Mona had created uh, a, a basically accumulated your caseload for the, for the past, for the up the year to date of like what types of matters made up for the most largest percentages of your, your day, right. Or your, your workload in your, in your practice. Now we were looking at a lot of them were, were visa delay lawsuits, right? Like a large percentage, like a third of your caseload is having to deal with these lawsuits. And I, I hope that I'm not revealing too much or saying something I shouldn't. Well, one of the things that we've been focusing on is creating a process and process street to, to make it so that we can automate these lawsuits. So we took one lawsuit type that was the most common, uh, and we we went down the path of okay, how do we get the information from Clio into Process Street, and to make it so that Process Street can determine whether or not we have all the information? Because sometimes not everybody gets their billing address correct, or not everyone gets all the details we need. So the first thing we did was we built a universal, like new, new client process, and all the whole purpose of that thing is just to make sure that we have all the necessary information, like the general new matter data is present. If it's already there, it'll be pre-filled and they just have to go next. If something's missing, now they know that they need to go get it. And that's the first process piece. So that enables us to bolt on all the other matter types that we might go into later. And so then we use that to parlay into the lawsuit um, process street process that we talked, that I mentioned earlier. Um, and we had we had wanted to skip around in this particular situation, but I felt like if we could really nail down one of these really solidly, then we could duplicate a lot of the work that we just did so that we don't have to redo it over and over and over again, especially when we're trying to when you and I get into experimental mode, the, the worst thing that we could do is start doing two things at once that where if we discover, oh, this is super awesome. Now we have to go back and do it again. On the, on the thing we just finished, or you know what I mean? And so in this time around, we're being a lot more disciplined and really taking it, we're taking it past that 85% mark. We're going to the, you know, we're up to like 90, 91% automated lawsuit tool. And uh, it's taken a lot of effort, you know, instead of a week, it's a three week project. But now we're at a position where we could clone it and adopt it for other lawsuits of the same variation, thus automating a larger percentage of your caseload, and I think we did the math, um, if we were to just do lawsuits, it would be a third of your caseload, and then if we were to take the other top five matter types, it would be a significant workload reduction for over 50% of your matter types. I've got a double whammy with questions. So I, I think, at least for me, I, I was always trying to look for something that was a all-in-one sort of a thing that to can do everything for us. And I don't think that that really exists. I, and so will you kind of address that? Do you, do you think that more this, what we should be looking at is more multiple products to, to bolt together to create what we want? 
Um, and so are we looking for too much when we're looking for these things? And in relation to that, I think a lot of people want to know what your thoughts are on autopilot versus Infusionsoft versus campaign, because I think what we look at when, when we look at those three products specifically, we think they're going to do everything for us, and that's not quite true. So will you address that for me? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I now don't get me wrong. I like it when a lot of stuff is in one place because then I don't have to do a lot of effort to benefit from these features. The main problem that I encounter, especially with Infusionsoft, is that while it does a lot of stuff, it doesn't do everything. And more importantly, it doesn't do any of the things that it does world-class. So instead, I like to use world-class tools that are flexible enough to work with other, other products and other, other world-class items, right? And so when I start looking at, uh, you know, CRMs, I want a CRM that's easy for salespeople to use. I don't, I don't need it to be easy for me because I'm good at this stuff, right? I need it to be easy for the people that are going to be using it day-to-day to, to, to do business, not set up CRMs. So when I look at Infusionsoft, it does a lot of the – I can use it. It's complex, quote-unquote. I don't care about those things being hard. It could be harder, and I would still be okay with it. The thing that I hate about classic Infusionsoft is that terrible interface that people struggle with and have to wait for reloads, and they get logged out. And there's all kinds of weird problems that it has that have never been addressed. Now, if we were to look at other products, now if we're going to say, okay, well, if we're looking at, you mentioned Autopilot versus Infusionsoft. So if you were to take Campaign Builder and just remove it from Infusionsoft, that is more like what Autopilot is. So it's like Campaign Builder that you can bolt onto anything. It happens to bolt onto some things a lot easier than others. For example, Pipedrive. It has a native integration where a lot of the activities and actions that you would take as the Pipedrive user can be triggers or updated as a result of Autopilot. You can also use Zapier to bolt on. So in a lead docket situation, you have to use a middleman to synchronize the data from lead docket to Autopilot. Or if you wanted to use HubSpot CRM, or if you were using Salesforce, you could bolt Autopilot onto it and that's why I'm a big fan of it. Now, it's also relatively inexpensive. It used to be cheaper. They kind of had a lot of tension recently because they raised their prices on their customers. Some people went from paying like $200 a month to $500 a month, but it's still a value at $500 a month. So the way that they charge is based off of the total number of contacts inside the tool. So over $10,000, you are paying a good amount of money. Um, so with that said, if you were to compare Infusionsoft to Autopilot, the biggest differences are the way that, like, you're, you can still do all the email marketing stuff. You can do all the back and forth updating of your Pipedrive account or different things like that. Instead of tags, they're called lists. You can create these different segments and do all kinds of fancy stuff with that. Um, there's a lot more triggers and, and data variations that you have the ability to, to do. They also have a lot of built-in functionality that Infusionsoft doesn't. So, for example, if you wanted to send postcards uh, as marketing pieces, they have a built-in integration with a tool called Lob, which is a postcard-on-demand service, where you can use it to send, like, dynamic postcards. Second to that, you can also bolt on your Twilio account to send automated SMSs. 
Um, you can also not only send them, but when they're when those messages are received, like if someone responds back to a message that you send, that that it's not a two-way situation where you can have a conversation, but you could at least take it so that oh, this is an inbound message. I need to route it to the Pipedrive account and add an activity for the sales guy to call them, right, or something like that. That's built in. You don't have to pay extra. In Infusionsoft land, you're buying a $70 add-on. You're paying $0.04 cents text message, and it gets expensive really quick because you're already paying for Infusionsoft. Um, two of the other features that I really like that are extremely powerful uh, have to do with um, Google AdWords and Facebook audiences. So for retargeting purposes, uh, getting your like, – like, think about it. Like if you were to have every person that's ever came into your office when they come into your office uh, and they leave without signing with you, that person is now a probably a qualified prospect. We'll say 50% of the people that went into your office that didn't sign with you, they're qualified, but they didn't sign with you for one reason or another. There's a certain period of time that they're going to be still in the market for the service or maybe later on for something else. So you could add them to a retargeting audience based on your CRM interactions, not just on your web-based. You know, they went to my landing page and downloaded my ebook, so I'm going to follow up with them. That's normal shit that Facebook and Google will do. I'm talking about the very specific people that matched, that are highly qualified, getting those people's information to be in those retargeting campaigns. That is also a built-in feature of Autopilot, which is, I think, seldom used. Because I know you and I, Jim, we haven't set that up yet. Yeah, so we're talking today with Kelsey Bratcher of the Get Automated podcast. And, Kelsey, I was listening to your most recent episode with Nathan Hirsch the other day, and one of the things that occurred to me in listening to it is the fact that automation can cut down on mistakes. And when my lawsuit generator was broken a couple weeks ago, I had to do them by hand, and I had a couple mistakes that wouldn't have been in there if the generator was working. Can you talk a little bit about that as automation as a mistake prevention tool? Yeah, I mean, that's oftentimes for me personally. Um, if I have to copy and paste something into from one tool into another, it's, it's a sign that I could fuck it up. Excuse my language. But uh, it's an important factor in, in why I choose to automate things because I make mistakes, me personally. And I know that other people do too. So if you can automate something, there's a high likelihood that it won't cause, it won't be a mistake. I mean, if you got bad data in, bad data out, but if you can take the steps to prepare the information correctly, like some of the stuff that we go through is making sure that certain thing, certain like plaintiff defendant is properly cased, meaning all caps or whatever it has to be. Dates are formatted in a very specific way. Um, certain data points are captured in one way, but then we transform the data to be reflected differently at different points in, say, your lawsuit template, or if it, it needs to be used differently. And so it takes a little bit more to troubleshoot something that you could easily just, you know, backspace a couple times and type in a new value, but do that a couple hundred thousand times over the course of five years, and that's a lot of time. One of my favorite things about automation isn't so much that the work is just done, is that it's less error prone. So Kelsey, you've mentioned at least uh, at least eight products. Um, uh, there's a lot more that you I'm sure you know about. Where should people start when it comes to building out their processes? Because I mean, do they start with something like Infusionsoft or Lead Docket or PipeDrive, Process Tree? Like, where where would they begin? Like, what's the first product they should get? 
if I had to start a brand new business today, I would get pipe driving autopilot. And that could probably be applied to any business that has a sales function. So pretty much any service business. My starter tech stack would be those two tools, and I would be paying less than $50 a month for them. Um, I would also get Zapier because it's a, a no-brainer to regain time. I think last time I checked, I've saved over 14 million minutes using Zapier, which is close to 28 years. Um, and, I, I mean, that's almost my whole lifetime of time that I've created saved using these tools. So those were the three that I would start at. You'd be under 70 bucks a month, and you'd be in good shape. Now, if you don't want to do that, um, you could look at another tool. It's called Airtable, which is really flexible as well. It does require, I think if you were to take the time to learn how to use it correctly, it's like if you were to take a spreadsheet and make it on steroids because it's a database application. It's a visual database tool. And it's, it's low cost, meaning you can try it out for free. And you can do a lot of really custom stuff with it. Um, it's not an in-game solution, in my opinion. Like, if you want to grow a business from zero to 10 million, it will probably only serve you well up to a million dollars, in my opinion. Um, not to say that you'd stop using it after that point, but uh, it would become like an ancillary thing. Like, maybe you would store certain types of things in it, but you wouldn't be using it as your main sales tool. But for a very small office, a single person, if you were to invest the time to learn how to use it, it would make it very easy to transition into other tools later. And it's, like I said, it's free up to a certain point. So uh, it's the, those are the two tool, three tools that I like the most. I wouldn't go with Airtable. Like if I had to start a business today, I would get Pipedrive. There's no doubt about it. That, that's the tool that I would go with. And that's, that's just a gen generic thing to say. If I was an attorney, I probably would look at Pipedrive very seriously, especially if I was looking to uh, – because I think that if you're on Pipedrive, you could go from zero to maybe three to five million and before you really start having some more serious challenges, that you could, you could make it stretch beyond that. And when I say five million in revenue, that's five million in services that have been sold, right, that have to be fulfilled. Managing the deals and managing the pipelines that, that generate $5 billion in revenue, that's what Pipedrive is going to be very good at, especially if you have to have more than one person sell. And it, I would say that it would be very hard for one person to sell $5 million of the services. Kelsey, um, I know that a lot of the automation discussions usually focus on um, client acquisition. But talk to us a little bit about automation in, in the fulfillment stage. Like, what are some things, some, some sort of easy wins in automation land when it comes to the during unit? I would say, I mean, this is, there's a lot of, that's a loaded question because there's a lot of different parameters that are present, right? So I know that the Tyson, you've mentioned using FileVine, and Jim used Clio, and I've worked with Josh Goldstein, he uses Practice Panther. Some people don't want anything. And some people, the requirements from state to state to law practice to law practice based on the type of law that they're practicing is very open-ended, meaning that there's other parameters that have to influence my ultimate recommendation, in my opinion, based on what I've seen. I'm not a lawyer, so I've only gone off of what I've seen from you guys. Uh, I would say that probably the number one tool that I like is G Suite hands down, the Zapier, because you can do 
a lot with just G Suite and Zapier, right? Like if you had a, a new person sign up, well, you could just add them to a spreadsheet. And when, that, when a new row is added to the client spreadsheet, uh, that triggers, it creates a Google Drive folder for them, and it creates a Google Doc for them that is pre-filled with all their information that you could print it out and have them sign in. Uh, you can have it generate uh, with Zapier and, and G Suite automatically generating uh, Power or Google Slides to do, you know, presentations if you have to do that. Um, you have Hangouts. You have a built-in phone. There's all kinds of tools just within G Suite to save time. I mean, I was talking with Ms. Marisa. She was asking me questions about Google Drive because she's been a big Dropbox user for a long time. And, like, I know why is Dropbox had a viral campaign. They had a bunch of people signing up for it and so forth, and it's a great way to store information and to interact with uh, people that are not you. You know, they can upload files. You can edit files, share documents. But, I mean, I've always used Google Drive because I have way more storage. And especially as a G Suite user, you pay, like, $3 more a month per user, and you got unlimited storage. So unlimited storage is better than, you know, 500 gigabytes or whatever. I don't even know what you can buy now with Dropbox, but I haven't worried about storage in five years. Chelsea, I would say G Suite. Sweet. Um, I think G Suite's amazing. Um, so Nick Ortiz has a question. I think this one may be an easy one, so I may have a follow-up after this. But... He sounds like he wants to look, know a little bit more uh, act, about Active Campaign. He says, "Isn't Active Campaign a good cheap start?" Uh, I mean, Active Campaign's great, but it has a lot of problems that Infusionsoft has, in my opinion. So, like, uh, their pipeline management is is weak compared to PipeDrive, which is the number one thing that I can I'm concerned about because if you're using a CRM to sell shit, you want a strong pipeline tool. So, like. In order to get the type of functionality that PipeDrive offers, you generally have to spend more money. So you're looking at Zoho, Salesforce, tools like this that not only cost more, but they also cost more in time to set up and payment to the person you're going to pay to help you set it up because they're complex and you don't have, unless you want to get in the business of doing Salesforce implementations, pay someone to do that shit for you. But for PipeDrive, it's a lot more accessible and easy and less expensive. Not only time-wise, but also the monthly subscription. So I would say the pipeline is the main reason why I like it better than I like Active Campaign. Not to say that Active Campaign is a bad product; it just hasn't it hasn't stood out enough to me to catch my attention as as to like, oh, I'm going to build my business on this tool. A lot of our listeners and members, you know, they really want to do a good job. They really want to provide the best value for their clients and they really want to do a good job how, how can they go about if they if but a lot of them are very busy how should they go about trying to find the time or the people to help them with automation i would say i mean like the number one thing that i think most people get wrong is writing down what it is that has to be done to do certain things right and you, I mean, especially with the different legal matters, there's com it's complex. I mean, that's why you guys had to go to school forever and get licensed and all this other shit. Uh, and there's also your own spin or unique flavor on how to do some of this stuff. So by getting it out of your head and onto a document that can be reworked, updated, a standard operating procedure, if you will, for how certain stuff, I mean, we've been through this with the lawsuit templates, um, of all the stuff that has to happen 
to make that work, right? Because now you have a document that you don't have to pay someone to help you make, right? Because there's people that will consult you on business processes. You probably hire coaches, attorney, other attorneys that are further along with you, mentorships, things like that. But a lot of it is they're just going to work with you to figure out what those things are. Now, once you have that, now you can go on Upwork and find someone to build it on the tool that you like, or maybe you need someone to recommend tools to you that you could help you accomplish those goals. Uh, and understanding what that looks like. I mean, I've, me personally, I mean, that's the business I was in, was helping people do that stuff. That's how you and I have worked together for so long, Jim. But I don't, I wouldn't say I'm not available in the same way that I was when we started working together, if that makes sense. So, like, if I was looking for help, I would generate my document. I might need to change it. Someone may, that ha knows more about certain stuff might have some advice or helpful tips or things that I should be looking at differently because I may not be aware of all the cool shit that exists. But when you work with somebody, you go and find, uh, you can find people to help you with Zaps. There's a Zap Your Certified Expert uh, page where they, you can go on Zapier and say, okay, I'm using... I got Clio, I got Google Sheets or G Suite with Google Sheets and Google Drive, and I want to be able to use uh, this landing page builder to make it so that all my new leads will go into this spreadsheet so that I can work them, and then when, I, when I'm finished with that, I want them to go into Clio. So if you lay out something like that, you don't necessarily have to be the one that knows how to do all that stuff. You can find people to do it. I would start with the Zapier Certified Experts place, but you can also find these folks on Upwork um, I've personally done gigs off of Upwork a few years ago, over the past few years, and oftentimes they're uh, very quick money for me because I can bang them out, while at the same time the person's getting what they need done for a reasonable price because it's not so much a how many hours it takes to do something. It's this thing is worth, you know, say 300 bucks. I'm going to bang it out, make, make it work good. They're happy, and they're on their own. So you can look at things as like flat rate gigs or, pro or projects. Don't worry about how much time it takes them to do it. Um, it unless it's like the kind of thing where you're going to need, you know, consulting to some extent, I guess would be the way to say it. All right, Kelsey, I'm going to begin to wrap things up. Before I do, I want to remind everyone, go to the Facebook group. If you're not listening right now in the Facebook group, join the Maximum Lawyer Facebook group. People like Kelsey are in that group, so get involved there. Also, if you don't mind going to Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast and give us a five-star review. Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? So there's a new podcast that I've been listening to. I'm going to look it up right now while we're sitting here, and I, I've enjoyed it a lot. It's a guy named Alex Sharfin, and the podcast is called Momentum. And it's all about it's, – it's, it's interesting because it's not just about the entrepreneur, but it's also about empowering the number two, the implementer. And uh, that's always good for me to listen to because I'm so far down. I'm so far, I'm like 10 quick start and I'm so far on the entrepreneurial side that sometimes I forget about the support that the implementers in our office need. All right, Kelsey. So you've been on before. Um, what tip or hack of the week do you have for us? I would say that because of how document-oriented law firms are, that you should look at Zapier and Google Docs and, like, how to use those tools together to, to build some automation. That would be the hack of the week because it's extremely, extremely accessible. Good stuff. 
All right, so my my tip coincides with a video I shot this morning for our YouTube pay or YouTube channel, and that's if you need to. And this is actually pretty good with who we're talking to today with the automation and working with all these different tools and everything else and processes. Sometimes it's okay to hit the reset button. And so if you need to hit the reset button on your firm and redo everything, do it. Um, it's better to do it now than get deeper down into the hole that you're in. So my tip of the week is if you need to, if you need to hit the reset button, it's okay. It's okay to restart things. You can redo things. There's no law that says you've got to keep doing what you're doing if it's not working. So hit the reset button. Kelsey, uh, we've gotten a lot of great comments about you already. Thank you so much for coming on. A lot of great information. I'm sure, I'm sure some people's heads are about to explode. So maybe when you're listening to this, take notes and re go back and re-listen to it. But Kelsey, thanks so much for coming on, bud. Yeah, no worries. No problem. Anytime. Thanks, bud. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.